Good morning, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. It's good to have you with us here this morning for the Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer on God's Word. It's Wednesday, September 6, 2023, and our catechesis through um, the Exodus and into the time of the kings continues today with the instructions concerning the Ark of the Covenant. Right, which everybody knows quite well because of Indiana Jones uh, and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes, of course. Or maybe from God's Word. Um, I'll try to, it's kind of sometimes a challenge, but excuse me, I'll try to um, flesh out what we read theologically so you can hear the significance of you know, the specific prescriptions. Excuse me. Hmm. All right, let us begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Prayer Psalm for the week, Psalm 32. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me, and my strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Therefore, let everyone who is godly offer prayer to you at a time when you may be found. Surely in the rush of great waters they shall not reach him. You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Be not like a horse or a mule without understanding, which must be curbed with bit and bridle, or it will not stay near you. Many are the sorrows of the wicked, but steadfast love surrounds the one who trusts in the Lord. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Okay. Our psalm is Psalm 90. Actually, our memory verse, I should say. We just prayed our psalm. Well, this is a psalm too. All right, say with me. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world from everlasting, even from everlasting to everlasting. You are God. Psalm 90, verse 1 through 2. In our Catechism, Ten Commandments. What is the first commandment? You shall have no other gods before me. Mm -hmm. What does this mean? We should fear, love, and trust in God above all things. Second commandment, you shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not curse, swear, use satanic arts, lie, or deceive by his name, but call upon it in every trouble, pray, praise, and give thanks. All right. As we started yesterday, so we continue today in the book of Hebrews for our first reading. 
We're just going to read continuously through Hebrews. Lectio continuo, as they used to call it in the Latin. Continuous lections. All right. Hebrews chapter 2. Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. For if the word spoken through angels proved steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him, God also bearing witness both with signs and wonders, with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. For he has not put the world to come of which we speak in subjection to angels, but one testified in a certain place, saying, What is man that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that you take care of him? You have made him a little lower than the angels, you have crowned him with glory and honor, you set him over the works of your hands, you have put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we do not yet see all things put under him, but we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels, for the suffering and death crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. All right, so uh, he, the book of Hebrews is that uh, really a great testament to the the two natures of Christ and working that out in, in, in a sermon. That uh, before God, of course, according to his divinity, is fully God, but according to his humanity, is a little lower than the angels, right? Um, but in order that he might taste death for everyone. In other words, to actually suffer death in our place. He became like us in every way. All right, and then our reading for catechesis comes from Exodus chapter 25. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, that they may bring me an offering. From everyone who gives it willingly with his heart, you shall take my offering. And this is the offering which you shall take from them. Gold, silver, and bronze, blue, purple, and scarlet thread, fine linen and goat's hair, ram's skins dyed red, badger skins, acacia wood, oil for the light, spices for the anointing oil, and for sweet incense, onyx stones and stones to be set in the ephod and in the breastplate. And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them, according to all that I show you, that is, the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of the furnishings, just so you shall make it. And they shall make an ark of acacia wood, two and a half cubits shall be its length, a cubit and a half its width, and a cubit and a half its height. And you shall overlay it with pure gold, inside and out you shall overlay it, and shall make out of it a molding of gold all around. And you shall cast four rings of gold for it, and put them in its four corners. Two rings shall be on one side, two rings on the other side. And you shall make poles of acacia wood, and overlay them with gold, and put those pole, shall put the poles into the rings in the sides of the ark, that the ark may be carried by them. The poles shall be in the rings of the ark, you sh- they shall not be taken from it. And you shall put the ark into the ark of the testament, mm, excuse me, and you shall put into the ark the testimony which I will give you. You shall make a mercy seat of pure gold, two and a half cubits shall be its length, and the cubit and a half its width. And you shall make two cherubim of gold, of hammered work you shall make them at the two ends of the mercy seat. Make one cherub at one end, and the other cherub at the other end. And you shall make the cherubim at the other at the two ends of it, of one piece, with the mercy seat. And the cherubim shall stretch out their wings above, carrying, covering the mercy seat with their wings. And they shall face one another, and the faces of the cherubim shall be toward the mercy seat. You shall put the mercy seat on top of the ark, and in the ark of the t- you shall put the testimony that I will give you. And there I will meet with you, and you will speak, and I will speak with you 
from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubim, which are the ark of the testimony, about everything which I will give you in commandment to the children of Israel. All right. So, uh, quite a bit to discuss here. Remember yesterday we had uh, Moses, Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and the 70 elders on the mountain, of which presumably one of which is Joshua, and uh, then later Moses and Joshua go up before the Lord, and um, for 40 days and 40 nights they're under the thick cloud and in the uh, in the fire, right? What appeared to be fire to the people. And of course the Lord conversed with them uh, after he had um, eaten and drunk with them, right? So quite an amazing testimony. Now we have the giving of very specific prescriptions um, in those 40 days, Moses recording them, right? So just like we heard yesterday, um, the Lord does not want us to just be hearers, but to be hearers and doers, right? Do this in remembrance of me, for example. would be a great example of that. All right, so what is Moses to receive from the people? All right, an offering, all right? And each man was expected to give out of compulsion or duty? No. Everyone who gives it willingly with his heart, you shall take my offering. So offerings, unlike a tithe, a tithe is a commandment, uh, a commanded 10%, for example, Um, Here, this is an offering. Offerings are charitable. They're freely given, willingly, which means that the basis for the offering is not the law, but the gospel, all right? So uh, we often hear this in uh, stewardship sermons or whatnot. Uh, You know, here's what you must give in order for us to accomplish X, Y, or Z. And so that sometimes happens in congregations, especially those who don't operate uh, with a tight budget uh, or a well-delineated budget, as they may have to make an appeal and say, Hey, uh, look, we need to pay X, Y, or Z by next week, and we need you to uh, contribute that today so that we can pay the bill, right? Um, so that would be by law, but what we usually do is by gospel. Say, so give freely and, and charitably, right? And we'll adjust our work based off of the gifts that you give. All right. Um, so what are some of the things that are offered here freely and willingly? Well, a whole list of things, right? We have gold, silver, and bronze, um, yarn and linen, goat's hair, Ram skins dyed, badger skins, acacia wood, olive oil, spices, gems, right? All of these to be used for making a sanctuary or what will be called the tabernacle, right? Um, note here that he's going to describe this quite explicitly later on, but look at verse 9. All of this is to be done according to his institution, right? So this still uh, is true in the New Testament. For some reason, um, Christians, even Christians, you get caught up in the idea that God has not commanded anything <laughs> for the Christian. There's no prescriptions, um, not to pray or to sing or to give thanks or to gather on a time and place and, and to set apart as a Sabbath, as a rest in God's word, as a congregation, um, to not gather together as a congregation. Christians things don't think that. And baptism is optional. Lord's Supper is just a nice thing that we do together that you don't need to have your sins forgiven, et cetera, et cetera. Right? Uh, you hear this in the... Uh, not so much Gen X, but Gen Z and following, where they say things like, you know, I'm spiritual, but not religious. In other words, I, I believe things, but I don't actually do things, uh, which is a non sequitur anyway. It doesn't actually happen. Um, today, um, some of the, the greatest religions, uh, widely held religions, um, they don't call themselves religion, but they are, right? Like putting, uh, what did we have? A doctor appointment yesterday, and there were, uh, the poor girl had to put her pronouns in her, um, in her well, clearly her pronouns are she, her, and and hers, right? Because um, she's a woman. Um, but of course, they're caught up in what they like to call an ideology, but which really is a pagan religion. 
about uh, that you can choose, somehow choose your linguistic pronouns. It's a linguistic game, grammatical game. All right. Anyway, um, here God is very prescriptive, very prescriptive. It says, do it according to the pattern um, as, as I speak to you, right? As I show you. And then verses 10 through 22, we have the description of the building of the Ark of the, Co- of the Testimony, also known as the Ark of the Covenant, All right? We have four gold rings. Uh, what might you think the four gold rings would symbolize? Something four in the Bible. Four corners of the earth, right? But what needs to go out to the four corners of the earth? The gospel. So no, no surprise then, how many evangelists are included? Four, right? Um, sign of the eternal father sending forth his son with the gospel, right? And of course, gold is the incorruptible metal, right? So the blessed riches of the blessed Holy Trinity. Wooden poles, two of them. If you put them, if you cross them, you might have a connection to the uh, to the cross itself, right? That would um, bear Christ's body. What would be put into the ark? The testimony I will give you. See that in verse 21, right? And then what covers the top? It's called the mercy seat here. You could also call it the atonement cover, the atonement cover, because the um, sacrifice of atonement, its blood would be sprinkled onto that um, altar, or onto that lid, onto that seat. Atonement, of course, is um, that's a word we use sometimes in, in common parlance, but generally is a theological term, which refers to the satisfaction, payment, or restitution made, made uh, to, in fulfillment of the law. Um, the covering of a debt, you might say, is an atonement. And so we have the atoning cover over the testimony, the law, the Torah, right? So the, the law, the testimony, it bears witness to the guilt of all men, and condemns them. Then we have over it the mercy seat, which shows how God covers for the sins of the people through the blood of sacrifice that would be fulfilled in his son. And then on top of the mercy seat are two angel messengers, uh, cherubim, facing each other toward the mercy seat. Of course, because the angels always long to gaze upon the face of the Lord. Um, yeah, we have that uh, in a psalm, right? Um, but where angels fear, um, fear to tread. What's that? That's a poem. It's not coming back to me where that comes from. Where angels fear to tread. Uh, oh, it's a novel by uh, E.M. Forster. Title comes from Alexander Pope's essay on criticism. Fools rush in where angels fear to tread. That's the one I'm thinking of. It's a very long poem. I won't read the whole thing to you. <laughs> published in 1707 by Alexander Pope. Or published in 1711, excuse me. All right. Um, so... And of course, not just looking at one another or looking at Christ who would sit upon the mercy seat, but namely upon his blood shed for the atonement um, of the world, Christ's sacrifice. All right. So what would happen then at the ark above the mercy seat is spoken explicitly here in verse 22. I will meet you right, and give them mercy from the mercy seat. That's the purpose of it, right? Um, where did God speak to us in the New Testament with two witnesses on either side? This connects us to yesterday's reading, I think, with the mountain. Right? We had the Mount of Transfiguration with Moses and Elijah. Uh, but is there another time where there's two witnesses who speak? That would be the cross with the thieves, the thief and the murderer upon a, um, crucified on either side of him, right? One of whom actually declared that his sins had been atoned for. Father, uh, uh, forgive me for, um, they know not what they do. That's what Jesus says. What, is the, what does the thief say? Have mercy on me, Right? Tonight you will be with me, or today you will be with me in paradise. Jesus forgives him. Beautiful, right? All right. The way of the law always busies itself with measuring what is required or recommended um, in giving. 
or what is the recommended giving. But the way of the gospel identifies generosity as flowing from faith. So we had a sermon on this on Sunday. Love flows from faith towards God, not um, from obligation or duty. Such faith always focuses on its object, Jesus. He is the seat or location of all mercy, the atoning sacrifice covering all our sins that are condemned by the law. He has met with us at the cross and declared to the entire world that our sins have been paid for by his blood. The ugliness of the wooden cross is covered over by the body and blood, or the body of the Lord which hung upon it, and is far more valuable than gold. The saving power of the cross is to be preached to the four ends of the earth, that all men may be gathered together around the one who has met with men by the coming, by coming in the flesh. All right. Uh, before we sing the hymn, let's actually do our meditation on the hymn today, so that maybe you understand its background. This is again from. The Companion to the Hymns from for Lutheran Service Book, Volume 1. A thick volume. <laughs> Excellent scholarship. Ad fontes to the source. All right. In the ni- 1730s and the decades following, a printer in the Saxon town of Waldenburg named Gottfried Hoffmann, and later his son Christian Gotthilf Hoffmann, published books intended for travelers. The books contain maps, tables of ways, weights and measures, currency calculators, calendar comparisons, tables for interpreting sundials in different locations, and weather information. In short, everything or anything that might be of practical use to someone on the journey. But they also contained devotions, prayers, and hymns. The earliest known appearance of With the Lord, Begin Your Task, was in one of these books. Huh. Another hymn of the same, with the same first line was written by Aaron Fried Dürer, the general superintendent in Eisleben. Dürer's second line was, Vazum Zegen Zol Gereichen, the anonymous hymns, is Jesus Hatz in Handen. The meter and number of stanzas also differ. Dürer's hymn had only four stanzas, whereas the hymn under discussion has five. All right, so there's something similar. The book's publication date is frustratingly difficult to establish, but around 1732 is as good of a guess as any. Unlike many older hymns in common use today, this one did not enjoy wide circulation during the 19th century. Waldenberg, though, has a special connection to the Missouri Synod, for it was a small village near there, Langenschurdorf, where both the father and the grandfather of C.F.W. Walther, the Synod's first president, served as pastor. Though evidence is lacking, it is not inconceivable that this connection caused uh, Walther to include the hymn in the Synod's first hymnal, the Kirchengesangbuch für Evangelische Lutherische Gemeinden uh, und Geanderter Augsburgischer Confession. 1847, <laughs> which he edited. I usually just call it the Kierkegaard Gesang book. All right. Uh, Wilhelm, I know, William Gustave Pollock, uh, 1890 to 1950, professor of church history at Concordia Seminary St. Louis, translated the hymn in 1936 for the Lutheran Hymnal, 1941. Pollock also chaired the committee that produced the Lutheran Hymnal. Lutheran Service Book has modernized the pronouns, but otherwise the text is nearly unchanged from the Lutheran Hymnal. All right. So. Uh, some question as to the source and and whatnot, but that's okay. And as to the tune, what do we know about the tune? Fang dein Werk mit Jesu an, first line in German. Mm, composer Peter Frank, 1731. All right, so seems to be a tune that was composed around the same time, for the same hymn. Let us sing.
his name, then close your eyes. Be to him commanded. Let each day begin with prayer, praise and adoration. On the Lord cast every care, he is your salvation. Morning, evening, and at light, Jesus will be near you. Save you from the tempter's mind, and presence cheer you. With your Savior at your side, foes need not alarm you. In his promises confide, and no ill can harm you. All your trust and hope repose in the mighty Master, who in wisdom truly knows how to stem disaster. If your task be thus begun with the Savior's blessing, Safely then your course will run toward the promised pressing. Good will follow everywhere while you hear most wonder. You at last the joy will share in the mansions Thus, Lord Jesus, every task be to you commanded. May your will be done, I ask, until life is ended. Jesus, in your name be gone, be the day's endeavor. Grant that it may well be done, do your praise for Let us pray the collect for this week. Almighty and everlasting God, give us an increase of faith, hope, and charity, and that we may obtain what you have promised, make us love what you have commanded. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord God, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you teach us to trust in you above all things, because you are the only true and living God. You love us and provide us with everything that we need, for our life and salvation. Forgive us for making gods out of ourselves. Forgive us for trusting in our works, money, pleasures, or anything in this world more than we trust in you. By your forgiveness, teach me to fear, love, and trust in you above all things. For you live and reign, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We pray this day for marriage and family, that husbands and wives, parents and children live in ordered harmony according to the word of God. For all parents who must rear their children alone, for our communities and neighborhoods, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Today we celebrate the baptism birthday of Eileen, who's in the chat. Happy baptism birthday to you. We pray for the households of our church, especially Brandon and Valerie, Ross, Russ and Amy, Rachel and her family, Garrett and Jenny, Ron and Janet and Scarlett. Pray for our catechumens, Wyatt, Aaliyah, Lydia, Charlie, Kaylee, and Kimberly. Also, um, our adult catechumens, Allie and Teresa. Pray for all those who are ill, receiving treatment or recovering, especially Pam, 
Joe, Kelsey, Dennis, Naomi, Christopher, Marcy, and Brad, Eileen, Ron, Doug, Bev, Donna, Jim, Pat, Wendell, Darlene, and District President Willie. Pray for our homebound, Marcy, Marion, Dan, Paul, Dolores, Merlin, and Pauline. Pray for our missions and mercy work, especially this month with the Federowitz families, all Bible translators. We continue to intercede on behalf of Stephen and Penny, seeking new employment and housing, and for all students and teachers returning to class. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. It's good to have you with us here today for our Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. I come to you each morning at 9 a.m., so I hope you can join us again. It's good to see you checking in on the chat, those of you watching live, etc. Uh, we've got Gus and Eileen, Karen, Don and Karen, Michael, uh, Chris, my Aunt Nancy, and Dunce Scotus. Oh, I thought he was long since deceased, but there he is on YouTube. Good to have you with us as well. And uh, Lord be with you all and keep you safe. By the way, tonight we do have divine service at 630. It'll be cooler. So uh, that'll be nice too, finally. And uh, we can open the windows and uh, have a pleasant evening in God's word, studying and hearing and preaching there. All right. So I hope you can come out at 630 for divine service. Lord be with you all. Keep you safe. We'll see you soon. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.